The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, welcome everyone to our community call on everything you ever wanted to know about the ACB scholarship program and scholarships and eligibility and all of that stuff. So if you are a student or someone thinking about going to college and being a student, if you are representing an affiliate and can take this information to members that you may have who are students and going to school, or if you're just a part of community and you're here and wanna know more about it, please, you know, welcome, welcome. I'm Denise Colley. I am co-chair of the ACB Scholarship Committee with Rebecca Bridges. And I first want to welcome um, our host on Zoom for tonight is Angela Randall. And I wanna welcome Clubhouse. I'm excited that they get to be a part of us tonight. And our host for Clubhouse is Jane Suh. And our streamer is Nikki, Nikki Keck. So welcome ladies and thank you for assisting us. I want to um, tell you just briefly how, how we will probably do things tonight. Um, I have three pe four people with me who are going to help me with this presentation. Um, first, I'm just going to tell you who they are right now and then I'll introduce them again when they speak. Um, first is Gilly Presley. Gilly is a member of the ACB Scholarship Committee, has been for quite a number of years, longer than I was even, have been yeah. on the committee, and I feel like I've been there forever. <laughs> and Gilly's going to um, talk to you about the application itself and what we look for um, on the application because um, she's one of the people that gets to read and score applications. Then um, we have Nancy Marks Becker, our uh, Chief Financial Officer from ACB to talk to you about the funding, how we work the funding for the scholarships, the funding for ACB convention, um, and those kinds of things will make more sense to you when we get to that port part. And then I have two individuals with me tonight who are current or former students, um, Kale uh, Briel Kayer and Brody Enoch, and I will introduce them when we get to their piece because I asked them to come and just talk about the, you know, their experience, experience in applying for the scholarship, uh, what you should know, um, kind of what they're doing now um, since having received their scholarship. So let me begin by just telling you a little bit about the scholarship program. Um, we offer educational scholarships ranging from $2,000 all the way up to $7,500 for entering freshmen, graduate, undergraduate and graduate students, and students who are attending vocational or technical colleges. And you can use your scholarship to help with educational or financial needs, such as you can use it to help with tuition, fees, room and board, or the purchasing of assistive technology. In 2022, the ACB able, was able to award 21 scholarships, that's how many we have at this point, in the amount of $100,000. So um, we're very excited about the amount of money that we can give away every year. So we don't have little wimpy scholarships, they're pretty substantial. Um, 
we award scholarships to students who are majoring in such areas as uh, disability, rehabilitation, education, law, business, computer science, data processing, computer programming, web development, science, engineering, mathematics, music and the arts, advocacy, uh, disability services, and we have one scholarship for an undergraduate student who has overcome major difficulties in life, and that person should have little or no vision. So that's what you have to do to be eligible for one, that particular scholarship. We have four subcommittees um, that do the screening and um, interviewing of our applicants for our scholarships. Um, we have our specialized studies and states subcommittee, our social work rehabilitation and teaching subcommittee, our business and accounting subcommittee, and our engineering science and technology subcommittee. So you may ask, well, what do I have to do, do to be eligible? And I will say before I go on, um, I'm going to wait and take questions at the end. So we'll try to allow the last 10, 15 minutes for questions. And so hold your questions, but don't forget them. I always tell people that don't forget your question because it's, you know, if you have the question, it's important. So we want you to be able to ask it. So what do you have to do to be eligible for a scholarship? Applicants need to be legally blind. You need to have maintained a 3.0 GPA. And you need to be a full-time student. Or we do have two scholarships for part-time students who are working at least 32 hours per week and are taking substantial courses, not fluff courses, or what we call fluff courses, and are involved in their school and or local community. This year, the deadline, the application is up on our website. If you go to acb.org slash scholarships, you will find the instructions and the application itself. And the deadline for submitting your application is February 14th of 2023. Um, there are supplemental pieces of information that we do require for you to submit with your application. And only those supplements which can't be emailed can be mailed in, um, you know, through the post office. And they must be earmarked no later than uh, February 14th of 2023. So all of your documentation needs to be in by then. Um, and what we require to come with your completed application are certification of legal blindness from an ophthalmologist, an optometrist, or a physician. Um, oops, hold on a second. A transcript or transcripts from the school you are currently attending. Um, entering freshmen are only need to include your high school transcripts and graduate students need to include undergraduate transcripts. And then, unless there are extenuating circumstances, as I said, a 3.0 cumulative grade point average is required. We require you to provide two letters of recommendation from a current or recent instructor, career counselor or employer. And when you do that, when you submit those, please submit each letter individually, not putting them together. 
we uh, need you to provide proof of acceptance from a post-secondary school. Entering and uh, transferring students have to submit a notice or letter from the admissions office certifying that you've been accepted or you're being considered for acceptance to the school that you've applied to. And if this isn't available when you submit your application, you need to provide it as soon as you possibly can, as soon as it's available. If you're continuing at the same school that you attended during 2022-23 and you uh, received a scholarship back then, then you don't need to submit this document again. Um, we have four areas that we score our scholarships in when we're scoring them. So we look at their academic achievements, their extracurricular and community uh, involvement, barriers or challenges to their educational pursuits and advocacy. And I'd now like to introduce Gilly Presley to talk to you about those areas, what the, what the committee members look at, what would be helpful to you for you to include on your application? Because more times than not, we don't get the amount of information that we need. I mean, we, we say each category, you have a certain number of words, but we need to tell us, you know, we really need our applicants to tell us more sometimes than we get. So, Gilly, talk to us about the application. Yes. Um, like Denise said, there are four areas in the application that we look at. And the uh, first one is the academic uh, part. And uh, some of it is just really easy to look at. And then some of it, uh, people don't do as good a job as they could have selling themselves. Um, each part is worth so many points. And uh, depending on what all you include as to how many points you get for that part, the advocacy is worth 10 points. And we look at um, a strong, uh, strong grade point average. We have, like I say, a 3.0. Or if we have higher than that, we look at that also. Uh, we want to look to see if you've done any research projects. And I know some of you may say, well, I just got out of high school. I didn't do research projects. But um, a lot of times you do. If you do term papers, that's considered like a project or whatever. We also look to see if you've been working in any kind of um, community service uh, or learning experience. And I know that I used to teach school and I know when I retired, even I taught in elementary school and we did community, every grade level did community uh, service at some point. So don't just say on your uh, application, I participated in uh, community service and maybe cleaning up the schoolyard. Tell what you did. Go into more detail about what you actually did for that. And under that, also, if you had any internships or research projects to do more than just name the projects, but go into a little bit of um, explanation as to what they were and maybe tell us what you learned from those experiences. Okay, the next one is extracurricular or community involvement. And again, this is worth uh, 10 points. And under this, we want to know any leadership role you had and in, uh, internships or extracurricular activity. For example, if you participated in um, a food project where you were working with feeding um, people who are, were hungry, you might tell what you did exactly, what was your leadership role, and maybe tell why you were interested in doing that service. Uh, sometimes 
we just get uh, participated in this, but we don't have a why. So it would be really interesting to know why you chose to participate in that service and what you learned from it and why you did that. Um, and also, if you had any leadership role in that organization or in that activity to tell us your leadership role and tell us what you learned from uh, participating in that extracurricular activity or community service. Um, the next thing, thing that we talk about are barriers to education. And this one is worth five points. And in this, what we're looking for is not just normal barriers, because I know when you're leaving high school and going to college, everybody has a barrier of trying to figure out where everything is at college. But what are some barriers like, you know, it, are you a first generation college student? Are you, um, did you have a change in eyesight? Do you have significant um, uh, physical uh, problems that have just recently occurred? Are you having extremely di difficult time getting your materials, not just the normal, but is it really hard to get the materials that you need or the uh, equipment that you need in order to um, attend college? So those are the barriers that we want you to explain. And if you give the if you have the barriers, then also don't just say what they are, but tell what you're doing to try to overcome those barriers. Tell us how you're trying to solve that situation, what you did, maybe who you went to to help solve that situation. And sometimes the situation is still ongoing and people are having to continue to uh, work toward overcoming the barriers. And the last one we have is advocacy. And this is worth five points. And in this one, we have uh, where you had to advocate for yourself and then maybe where you worked with another group to advocate for other things. And, uh, and this, when you're telling what you had to advocate for yourself, uh, something that you really had to work at uh, getting done. An example is uh, I just changed insurance and I went to a, a conference about it to learn more about the new insurance. And I went up afterwards and asked if I could get the materials in Braille well, they didn't know, so I pointed out that my previous insurance carrier provided the information I needed in Braille, and so the lady took a pen and wrote down my address and everything, and I've just received that, um, all the information that I requested in Braille. So that's advocating for yourself, but tell what you had to do to do that. Also, under advocacy, we have where you had to advocate maybe for um, a, work with a group that's working on something to tell what you did in that group, how you advocated that, what the results are for your advocacy work. Did it turn out the way you wanted it to or not? If it's still ongoing, tell us that. So the main thing that we're looking for is not just a one sentence as to what you've done, but to go into some detail about how you accomplished what you uh, your goals. I'd also like to stress that please don't leave any questions blank because that really doesn't say anything. Maybe you haven't done anything in that area, but you could say, I don't have any extracurricular work because, and then tell us why you didn't participate in any extracurricular activities or any community service activities. So that will give us another way um, to learn more about you. After we look at the application and 
they're scored. Then we go into um, interviews. Each committee then determines the people they're going to interview. And when we interview um, the prospective um, winners, we ask each committee member ask questions and we talk to you. And so when you're being interviewed, it's very good to be as um, forthcoming as possible and to answer the questions uh, in detail, but not taking up a great deal of time while doing that. So we understand that some people who are applying are better at writing answers to questions and some people are better at answering questions orally. So that's why we like to do the written application and then the verbal interview. Okay, I think that's Great it job. Thank you, thank you so much, good job. So we've talked to you about the application process. Now we're going to talk to you a bit about once you've been selected to receive a scholarship, because it's not just, oh, good, I get, I get a scholarship. That's all I have to do. No, no, no. <laughs> we do have some additional requirements. And the first and post most important is that it is a requirement of ACB that all ACB scholarship awardees attend our national conference and convention and this next year in 2023 for those who don't know our conference and convention is in Schaumburg, Illinois and the dates are July 1st through the 8th and at a minimum you must be present through it was what was the formal scholarship presentation um, at the general session we really don't do a formal presentation anymore we get you all up on stage and we get to you know, in, have you introduce yourselves because we do short video clips that we um, of you uh, ahead of time uh, that we play throughout the week. But we still want you to be at convention because we feel very strongly that you need the convention experience and you need the whole experience, not one or two days of it. You need that chance to go to the exhibit hall, which I call the technology technology shopping mall accessibility shopping mall, because that's really what it is. Um, we want you to be able to go to breakout sessions of um, our special interest affiliates. We want you to have that social interaction with other scholarship winners. Um, we want you to, uh, you know, be able to get connected with our ACB students special interest affiliate. <coughs> Excuse me, I have a cold, so hopefully I won't start coughing horribly. If there are extenuating circumstances that would make the awardee, that would make you unable to meet this requirement, you need to make this known at the time of your interview. And then um, you also would be required to submit appropriate supporting documentation telling us that supports why you can't be there. Um, and basically the, basically the couple of examples that we use in looking at what is acceptable for not attending convention is if at the very last minute you get into guide dog school. And we know that that happens, that students may not know until a month before or two weeks before that they, they've been uh, accepted for a particular class and you have to be there. Um, that's an acceptable reason for not attending convention, but you would need to provide us with documentation show, showing that, that that's gonna happen. Um, or if you've planned a previous trip out of the country, we will accept that. Or if, uh, you know, if you get really, really ill, 
last year I had somebody who got COVID right before they were supposed to come, so they couldn't come. That was understandable. That was acceptable. But if you indicate that you're not going to be able to attend due to such reasons as you're doing intern, a summer internship or a work experience, um, um, or you're going through blindness skills training at a, at a skills uh, 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 skills training facility, if you're doing summer school, um, if you're getting a scholarship from another organization, or if you have a job, then it's suggested that we really need you to request the time away from your whoever it is that that you need to request that from to attend from the start of the conference and convention, at least through um, what we consider our formal presentation section. Uh, the inability to attend the conference and convention will be taken into consideration in these in the the selection um, in the selection process, and the final exception decision in those cases will be made by the scholarship committee co-chairs. But I will say that um, it really, really is important that you let us know those things as soon as possible, and we try to work through them. Um, and when I have Nancy speak, she's going to tell you what happens if what if we uh, purchase your plane ticket and then you just tell us you can't come because that does create a problem. Um, I will say that scholarship award winners who are under the age of 18 at the time of coming to convention are not required to attend the conference and convention. But we really do encourage them to um, with the consent of their parents or accompaniment by their parents. And if a scholarship is offered by, uh, we have three state um, scholarships that we help to administer. We help um, administer the scholarships for Oregon, Pennsylvania, and Massachusetts. And so um, if you have been given a scholarship um, by one of those state affiliates and residency in that state is required, then that affiliate is expected to pay your travel costs um, to come to the convention. And if the state can't do that, then you won't be necessarily required to attend. <clears throat> so now I want to introduce Nancy Becker, March Becker, our CFO, to talk a little bit about all the funding from the time that you're first um, uh, awarded the scholarship through going to convention, what we pay for through convention, and then talk to talk a little bit about what happens in terms of how do you get your scholarship, you know, how does all of that work. So, Nancy. Hey, good evening, you guys. I want to, um, there's a question on the scholarship application, just so everybody knows, that does say, I understand that ACB scholarship winners are expected to attend the conference. And it is actually Friday, June 30th through Thursday, June 23rd. So it is a, there is a specific question that asks you that. So if you are not able to attend, you please make sure that you're putting no if you cannot attend. And then um, the scholarship committee would ask you the reasons why. But anyhow, back to this. Um, when the scholarships are awarded, it usually is around mid-May, and our um, office will notify the people who are award recipients, and then the people who are not awarded scholarships are also um, notified. Um, the members or the people who are awarded scholarships 
do come to the convention and we typically do coordinate with the winner to, to book their airline flights. And when we're doing that, we need to know when we're talking to you, when it is best for you to fly to the convention and home. Because once we've booked that flight, we can um, incur additional charges for changing it. So we need to know at the time that we're booking the flight when you will be able to come in and leave. Um, the other thing is we also do pay for the hotel room. So we try to um, pair you with somebody that is either around the same age as you or somebody that has the same interests as you um, of the other scholarship winners. Um, one thing that I will say about this, I think this is really a great opportunity for you guys to meet other students who are experiencing the same challenges you are. And I will say that it is amazing the amount of energy that the students have and how you guys connect with one another. This last year, I will say the person who is, I think the ACB students president right now, she was getting little um, dinners, uh, groups together so that they could go out to eat. Or if there was an event that was happening, she would try to get as many people in the group to do that so that you guys could really stay connected, not just during the convention, but throughout the year. Um, then once you get done with convention, you're home relaxing, then you're starting to get ready for school. So in the fall of the year, you will need to provide ACB with documentation to verify that you have enrolled at school and are attending full time. Um, once we receive these documents in late August or early September and the information is verified, you will receive a portion of the scholarship award. So you do not get 100% of the award in the fall. If you are if you are enrolled in semesters, you would get half the scholarship in the fall. And then in the spring, you, we would get the other half of the scholarship once you provided us with the documentation that you're attending school and then also the, the score or the grade that you received for fall semester. If you are on quarters, you would receive one third of the scholarship in the fall, one third for winter, and one third for the spring quarter. Now, when you guys are sending documentation to us, it includes, it has to be on um, the, the school's website. It needs to have the school's, your name on it, like your first and last name. It needs to have the school's name, the website on it. Um, the system that you're on in school, whether it be sem semesters or quarters, then it also needs to la list the classes that you're taking along with the number of credits because we do need to verify that you are going to school full time. And let's see here, this last year, what we, we did something a little bit different if students had provided us their banking information, instead of sending a check to your house and then you guys having to go to the bank to cash it or, or take a picture of it to deposit it, we can deposit it straight into your check. Excuse me, I got a cough here. <laughs> Sorry, straight into your checking account or your bank account for you. So if you have... Um, during the application process, if you guys are having any questions or having any challenges with filling out the application or something just isn't working quite right, you can call the Minneapolis office at any time during business hours, and we'll be happy to help you um, work through that. Back to you, Denise. And that number is? 
332-3242. So there's a lot of threes in there. So again, <laughs> next one, two, three, three, two, three, two, four, two. The Minneapolis office is great. They really try to make this whole process as easy and flows as smoothly as possible for our um, awardees. So we just thank them for all of their hard work. Some other requirements. Um, if you are awarded a scholarship, you're required to attend all conference and convention events that relate to the scholarship program. So those are... Um, on the first Friday night, we bring you in on Thursday or Friday. On the first Friday night of the convention, we have a scholarship dinner just for the scholarship winners and the scholarship committee. So if family comes with you, unfortunately, uh, they cannot come to the dinner because it's just for the winners to come and get the, uh, meet each other and dialogue with each other and you know have some social time. Um, and then after the scholarship dinner, um, the ACB students have a um, get-together of one kind or another. Um, and so because one of the things that you do get along with your scholarship is you get a one-year um, uh, membership to our ACB students uh, affiliate. So because they're giving you that uh, membership, then we want you to go to their meet and greet or get together so that you can connect with them. And um, they have activities and work uh, 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 sessions throughout the week, educational sessions throughout the week that you would be required to attend um, because they, you know, because of what they're giving to you and because that is the way, um, you know, you're going to know what that affiliate is doing. Um, we also, let's see, let me tell you this. No, we already did that. We don't need that. And to, uh, and I will repeat this at the end again, to receive uh, a scholar, first of all, to read the scholarship guidelines and to complete an online application, you need to visit www.acb.org slash scholarships. And um, the first thing you'll need to do when you get in there is you'll need to register for an ACB account um, before you can actually go in and do the application. And that's really simple. You just go in and you put your name in and you put your um, log on, your login ID and choose a password. And that's all you have to do. And once you've created this account, then you can log in and then you can access the application and you can go in and out as much as you need to. Um, and as I said earlier, you know, along with some of those basic requirements, we want you to be at as much of the convention as you possibly can. Really, really want you to be, you know, I, it, we feel that it's really important that you get to see um, how our general sessions are run. How does ACB conduct business? Um, our special interest affiliates, we have several of those. Special interest affiliates are different than our state affiliates because they are more statewide and they are uh, organized around a particular area of interest. So we like we have our library users. We have our Braille Revival League. We have our Council of Citizens with Low Vision. We have um, our ACB teachers. 
we have friends in arts. We have our uh, ACB attorneys affiliates. We have our guide dog users affiliates. Um, those are just, we have our next generation affiliates. So those of you who are, uh, you know, early 20, 20s or actually even earlier, that close, you know, right out of high school, all the way up to age 40, um, our next generation affiliate may be of interest to you. And they're very active and they're doing stuff all the time. So we really want you to go and have a chance to get to see what these affiliates are doing and, you know, see what you might be able to connect with because we are really looking at trying to connect our scholarship winners more to ACB. And um, we're looking more at what can we do to work with the students throughout the year. It's not just, oh, good, I went to the convention. Now that's all I have to do. We really want to keep you engaged. We want to keep you involved. So now if Briel and Brody could unmute, I'd like to introduce them and let them talk to you a little bit. Uh, I'm going to ask them some questions and let you get to know a little bit about their story. And then we will open it up to questions from you guys. So, Briel, are you unmuted? I am. So you received scholarships in 20 and 21, if my records are correct. Yes. Um, are, are you, where were you attending school? I was, and I still am at Fordham University in New York. And your major? Um, my undergrad major was marketing um, with, and then I'm finishing up my grad a degree in data science right now. And, and what are you hoping to do with your degree? Um, so I'm actually, I'm working full-time right now at um, a consulting company called Bain. And I get to work in digital marketing and kind of work on coding stuff and like web stuff, um, run the website. And really, I actually get to integrate a lot of accessibility work into my um, into my daily tasks, which is really fun. We're working on making our site more accessible, which I feel is like passionate to, I'm passionate about because obviously it affects this community and it makes me feel good about my work. But um, yeah, just kind of a mix of data and creative. Um, I really like it. So I want to continue with that for a while, I think. What got you interested in the whole area of marketing? Um, I think I've always been a person who really likes both the data and like the, the creative aspect of things. So I think marketing is a really cool area where I can look at all the numbers and um, behavior and how people are interacting with like web and digital media but then also use that, those numbers to power creative decisions. Um, so I get to use both parts of my brain and interests. Now you had sort of a unique experience because you got your scholarships during the two years <laughs> that we had to do the convention. I know. On, um, uh, through Zoom, over Zoom, yeah. which was a whole strange experience because um, you know, while we, we still got to introduce the scholarship winners and tell everybody about them, um, you know, we didn't get to be there to social, to interact in person. And so one of the things that we did this last year <laughs> in 2022 is we brought back 
or we invited all of our scholarship winners from 2020 and 2021 to come to the convention um, because we really wanted them to still have that experience. And um, not all of them got to come, but Brielle did. And what what was that like for you to go from, uh, you know, interacting with students and, and ACB activities, um, you know, digitally or, you know, online to um, being actually coming and being in person? Yes. Well, I will say as much as I, I know there was probably even even more learning curve and like so much work put in behind the virtual sessions getting to come in person was truly invaluable like it it was a whole different experience um I got to meet so many other scholarship winners and even people who weren't scholarship winners but just were involved in the ACB I got to make both um personal and professional networking connections I got to make friends I'd still talk to some people um it was just such a fun time. I know, I think a lot of this call, it's that you are required to go, but I will say, I just want to, rem- like, if people aren't aware, it is so fun. Like, I had such a good time. I'm trying to figure out if I can sneak my way back. This <laughs> um, it was just so much fun. I loved it. And it really is, it's like nothing else, getting to connect with that community, you just, it, you feel so seen, like we joke about things that only this community would know about. Um, and you just, it reminds me like kind of why I love to advocate for us and why I think we're a pretty awesome group of people. So I, there was a real sense of community I gained from the in-person experience. Sorry, that was a mouthful, but I do. I That's really all, no, that it. was good. And, and, you know, you said something really important. I know it sounds very almost prescriptive. We require mm-hmm. you to do this and we require you to do that. But they're not bad things. We require them because we know what benefit you'll gain from coming to an in-person convention, conference and convention. Um, you, you know, we try to get you hooked up with a special interest affiliate in the area if if there's one in the area that you're looking at going into, so you can, you know, talk to people who are actually in that profession, um, doing that, those jobs, um, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a unique experience that you totally miss out on when you have to do it virtually. So I was really glad we got to be back in person. Absolutely. So Brody, tell me, this is your, this is your first scholarship? Uh, yes, this was my first knock on wood, not my last, but we'll <laughs> discuss oh, no. that at another time, but go on. That's right. <laughs> so tell us what, um, this is your, what are you, tell us a little bit about you and what you're going into or you're going to school and kind of what this experience, um, with ACB has been like for you and going to the convention. Certainly. Uh, first of all, I, I, when I was asked to come on this call, it was, it, it wasn't, you guys didn't have to ask me. All you have to do is say, Brody, we need you. And I would have shown up. And that's how much respect and appreciation, I, respect I have for the organization and appreciation I have for the scholarship. And 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 Bree, go Rams, because I'm a Fordham graduate. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So right now I am, I, I am actually just completed my first semester 
at at CUNY School of Law. Um, I am a 64-year-old 1L student. Um, uh, And uh, and, uh, it has been an interesting ride, and I know that the ride has been made a lot easier because of the help of the scholarship. And the only regret I have is that I didn't apply for the scholarship like a long time ago while I was at Fordham, maybe. But um, yeah, what do you what do you what do you want to ask me? Ask me anything and I'll answer. It's okay, Brody. I want to know why at age 64 you decided to go back to school. Well, okay, so this is the deal here. Well, I I, I was losing my my vision uh maybe about 10 years ago. And I was also running this organization that dealt with homeless uh, civil rights, the membership, uh, a membership led homeless civil rights organization here in the city. And everybody would ask me, and I have a lot of X in my, my life. I'm, I'm no, I, I don't hide anything. And people would always ask me, oh, how did you become an X, whatever you're an X of? And I need I need a job. And I, I had this pat answer, which I used to give without even thinking about it. My answer was, if you're asking me for a job, you need to go back to school because you need a career. Job won't do you any good. And one day this woman, Miss Ida, who at the time was in her 10 years, like seven or eight years ago, was in her 70s, maybe early 80s. And she said, you know what? I'm tired of you saying that. Why don't you go back to school? And, and she said, I'll give you $10 if you complete your bachelor's. And I was like, okay. So in my late fifties, I went back to school and, and got a bachelor's degree. And then I went to her and I said, Miss Ida, can I have my $10? She said, no, you got double or nothing. Go get a master's. And so once I got my master's in 2020, I said, may I have my money? She said, no, you always talk about being a lawyer, go to law school. So I'm really just, <laughs> I'm really just going to get my $40. But to be very honest with you, um, um, you never stop growing. You never stop learning. And the moment that you stop learning, the moment that you stop being inquisitive, the moment that you stop wanting to know more, the moment that you think you know it all is, to me, is the moment that you start no longer living. You're not growing anymore. So I, 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 I all these years I've been an advocate and a, an activist and uh we always want, no matter what the issue we were fighting for, whether it was homelessness, whether it was uh, a be- uh, living wage, whether it was voter education, whether it was for affordable housing, whether it was for the end to the to the uh, to recidivism, whether it was an end to um, a myriad of things, I always wound up sitting in a room full of lawyers. And after a while, I realized they're not that much brighter than I am. If they can do it, I can do it. So I decided to go back to school and and uh, in my sixties and become a become an attorney, and I'm and I I just feel as if there's a uh, there's just so much work to be done, and while I I'm sure that there are people on this call who are applying for the scholarship who are younger than my grandkids. Um, the battle never stops, you know, the, the battle for me just never stops. And I just want to keep on pushing and keep on pushing and keep on pushing. And, and uh, so that's why I decided to go back to law school. And besides, I know a lot of attorneys and they just seem so snooty. So now I can, 
I can I can rub it I can rub it in their face. And the other thing I want to say is the uh, the 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 convention. I'm going to tell you, I had so much fun, and Bria's right. It wasn't like we had to go. It was like I wish I could have stayed longer. I had never been in a place with that many people who were just like me. Sure, I've been in places where there are a few of us, you know, but where there were like 200 blind people. It was the greatest thing ever. I mean, funny things would happen to hear all of, you know, those of us who use canes walking down the hall, 50 of us, it sounded like a hockey match, like the six hitting the ice. Um, I, I met up with uh, uh, the attorneys from the uh, um, Visual Impaired Lawyers Association. They took me out to dinner. I went and played golf. Um, you know, so I just, uh, I, I just, and, and I just love the organization and I, and as you can tell, I'm very enthusiastic. So one you final know, question. Oh, Denise, can I cut in here? There's one thing uh -huh. that Brody brought to mind is, you know, we had a couple scholarship winners that were nervous about flying because they had never flown before. And Auntie Christine in our office goes, you know what? I know somebody who's getting on that exact same airplane at the exact same airport that you are, and she connected them together so that, you know, the person who had never flown before felt more comfortable coming to the convention. And then they actually knew somebody going into the convention. And That's I think so that cool. made that person feel at ease. That's so cool. One final question for the two of you. What's one piece of advice you would want to give to somebody who's thinking about applying for our, one of our scholarships? No, I'm thinking. Um, you have <laughs> Are you ready? I'll, 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 I can answer the the one piece of advice that I can give you is apply joyously. I, I apply with don't apply with the pressure as if you're applying. Apply with joy. Uh, be happy about applying. Be recognize the fact that that we are special people. I don't care what anybody says, we are special people. This scholarship is yours. It is yours. Apply with joy. Don't be afraid to stand up and say, this is who I am. If you're just coming out of high school, it doesn't matter. If you're almost as old as me, it doesn't matter. Apply with joy. Be happy about the opportunity to get it and, and apply with joy. Just, and, and the other thing I'm gonna say, which Nancy may not want to hear, make sure, because I did it, make sure you get that number because you'll be calling them and asking a lot of questions. I think they, <laughs> they would see my number and go, oh my God, it's Brody again. But don't wait till February 10th to start the application. There it yes. is. Start no, it absolutely. Start it now. Start it now. <laughs> Your, your, your per, the personal statements, all these things you have to write, start it now. I started mine like a month early. At least, I, I, no, I started mine in December. Uh, and it's December now. Just start writing it now. It's, you know, have fun. Talk about the fact that you're writing whatever you're writing during this holiday season. You know, it's the end of the year. What happened during the year? Write about that stuff, man. It is, it is, uh, and uh, it, it is just write about, just write joyously. That's all I can say. Any thoughts for you? Um, I'm trying to follow that. Brody is always 
such an eloquent speaker. <laughs> but I would I would echo start on it. Don't let it escape you as a chronic procrastinator. That's one piece of advice, of course. Um, and then it's kind of echoing that Brody said, but like own your story, like be proud of who you are, brag about yourself a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think everybody I met at the convention was a really, they were all really extraordinary people and they each had their own interests and just don't be afraid of, don't like doubt, just apply. Um, every, if you don't get it, you can always try again. But like, there's such a great group of people who end up being scholars and you deserve to be one of them, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, just, just go for it. It's, it's a great, it's a great organization um and yeah get involved definitely thank you well we have just a few minutes left but we have time for a couple few questions so if you have a question we'll start with the people on zoom first and we'll take a question from or two from them and we'll then we'll go to clubhouse so you'll get a chance so if you're um on zoom and you have a question raise your hand and angela will call on you all right, we have a question from area code 314-355. You may speak. Hello. We got you. Can I, can I, got me. Uh, Two-part question for the uh, panel. One is this, uh, <clears throat> is how often did you reply for the scholarship and you got that scholarship? And then if you did get the scholarship, are you going to apply for it again? That's my two-part question. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> so um, did either you have to apply some more times, several times before you got a scholarship? I uh, I was lucky. I, I got the scholarship both times. I applied in 2020 and 2021. I, kick, I kicked myself. I should have applied for grad school. I didn't even realize I had the option. Good. <laughs> um, um, yes, that was that was my experience. And the same with me. I I I applied. First time I applied, I received it, and I'm and I'm, or I've already begun my application for reapplying. I just want to let you Yay. know. Yay! Awesome! <laughs> awesome! We oh, one thing. Apply. One thing okay. I realized you you had asked a question about what 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 do we use the money for? Oh yeah. So I looked at, I looked at, I, 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 you know, I have, I have bills. So what I did was I figured out, I, I figured out how much money would I need to survive to pay? If I pay off certain bills for four months, what, what would that look like? And that's exactly what I did. I took the scholarship money. I paid my phone bill, my tonnet bill, my, I paid utility bills for the semester. And that just was a relief because you can't really work and go to law school full time. That's it. Okay. We have another, oh, go ahead. We have more question, hands up, so. Okay, let's take another question. Amber Steed, you may unmute. Hello. So I have a couple of questions. Um, first, this application is for folks in technical school and that's what I'm about to start. And yet there is no option when you're selecting, you know, for what you're going for to, that says certificate. 
the lowest one you have is associates. So automatically, you know, I have to select associates, even if I'm not even going for that Two, um, let's, so if you have, if you're like me, you know, you don't have some earth shattering thing that happens that you've got to advocate your, for yourself, move mountains in the world for every second of the day. So what if you're like me and you see challenges coming before they're even there and you're able to just head them off and you don't need to do all that hemming and hawing constantly. You know, what do you put in the advocacy thing? What do you put in the barrier section? Because if you see that coming, there's no reason for it to even be a barrier. And finally, if you've already got a room reserved for a convention with somebody, you know, how would that work? Because I don't want to give up my room reservation just to stay with somebody I don't know. So um, would my half just be able to be covered or how would that work? <laughs> well, let me May try I to answer, answer the, the one, one about the... Yes, go for it. With the barriers and the advocacy, if you see them coming and you've solved them, then you, you need to write about that. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. so if you, if you foresee a problem, and you could just write in there, this is the problem I saw, and this is what I did to solve it before it happened. Okay. That works. And, and that's the same for barriers and advocacy because yes, you know, it's, yes. it goes for yeah. both. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. You want to market fair. yourself. I think if I said anything, anything, you know, to winner to applicants is you want to market yourself. Tell us your story. You know, mm -hmm. to your own home because yeah. nobody else is going to do that for you. You know, um, that's true. Your question about your degree, um, even if you have to check associate degree, I, we probably need to fix that. Uh, but tell us that you know that you are going for a cer certificate and what you're getting the certificate in. That's how you would answer that. Question. Okay, and that reminds me, I you told us about the four subcommittees. I'm going for massage therapy. Would that even be something I'm eligible to get a scholarship for? Yes, 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 absolutely. Okay. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a book, it's a, it's a, it's essentially it's a vocational degree. So yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And then to answer your last question, yes, if, Nancy, you if you are not wanting to give up your room, then the American Council of the Blind would pay for half of that room. And that person that you're staying with would have to pay for the other half of the room or you okay. would pay for your other half. That, that would, that, that's what we suspected. That makes and, sense. and that it's the, yeah, it's the same if you're going to bring family, a family person with you or a spouse or whatever. Um, if you're having somebody come with you, ACB pays your half of the room and then that person would have to pay the other half of the room. Can I ask one question that you did kind of ask, uh, piggyback on? Because sometimes I, I have applied for the scholarship, and I'm not earth-shattering, but I have there some things that were uh, advocacy. I might have to advocate myself. Uh, I go to Washington University, so uh, and, and I have applied for myself and tried to apply for other people, but I don't know what's earth-shattering or whatever to get the... I, I, I guess what I'm saying, or I guess some people might want to ask, if, if there's some examples of people who got scholarships, do y'all put those examples up there so people can say, ah, my 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 situation is more like uh, this lawyer right here situation, or 
my my situation is more like this uh, massage therapist. Do y'all have categories where so people don't feel intimidated for because mine's might not be. No, I'm Moses and I move mountains. If I'm not that, if I'm just Danny and I just moved across the street, but I advocate getting across the street, how does that merit to moving mountains? I guess that's what I'm asking. Well, I, no answer to your first question. We don't do that, although you can go up and go into um, our, our, um, uh, our, um, why am I losing my word? <laughs> You can go in and listen to some of the interviews from last year's applicants and uh, YouTube. Um, we have a YouTube page. You can go in and listen to applicants. We don't actually put what they've written up there, but it doesn't have to be mount monumental. It's what you did that helped you. And what we're really saying is sometimes people don't give us enough information. So, so maybe it seems like it wasn't very much, but if it was important to you and you were able to accomplish something as a result, that's the kind of thing we want you to put, you know, you tell us that, that kind of information. Let's see if we have any questions on Clubhouse because I don't want to leave those people out. Yes, and it is 10 o'clock, so. Okay, we get one. Do we have one quick question for Clubhouse? Uh, so far, we don't. No questions. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone. I hope I, we could have gone for a lot longer. This is this is great. This is wonderful. Um, and um, I want to thank my panel for being with me and helping me talk to you all about the scholarship program. Um, please don't hesitate. If you have questions, you can. You know, you can call the Minneapolis office and get your questions answered about the process. Don't forget again that application, the application deadline is February the 14th. And um, you go to acb.org, slash scholarships to go in and read about the scholarships and get the application to apply. And we hope that we're gonna get lots of applications. And if you've applied in the past and you weren't selected and you're still going to school, apply again, because sometimes it's, you know, if we get a lot of applications, we have to narrow things down a bit because we only have the 21 scholarships, but we do interview several people and um, we can only select 21. But um, one of the things we've been able to do is that um, we've had, uh, along with our state affiliates, um, We've had some other um, entities who have asked us to sort of help administer their their scholarships, like the American Foundation for the Blind. And so we've been able to put scholarships, combine scholarships to make them larger. So thank you all for being with us tonight. And I hope we've been able to give you some information. And don't hesitate to call or send ACB an email if you have additional questions. And I'll say good night and thank you very much. <laughs>